listening to KZAA LP Santa Barbara 96.5 FM Gaza. Yo, do we have the Dr. Dre of hardcore on the line? <laughs> sure. I've never heard that one before. What's up, dude? How are you doing, Dylan? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, all right. So what's up to everybody listening on Spotify? Late, you'll be Obviously, this interview have would have already happened if you're listening on Spotify, so you know what you're listening to. Real quick, let me let the live radio listeners know what's going on. So we are joined now via the KZAA phone line by Roger Camaro. You know Roger from bands like The Warriors, Retaliate, No Motive, Ill Communication, owner of Bright Light Studios, the mind of production and technical genius behind records from bands like <laughs> Out of Trust, Peaced Out, In Control, Retaliate, Nails, Dad Brains, and in Andy Franchier's words a part of the best records out of california in the last 20 years roger how are you i'm doing good i'm doing great thanks for having me yeah thanks for coming on i hope that intro wasn't too much (laughs) yeah i appreciate it that's that's tight (laughs) for sure man um yeah so we're live on uh kzaa 96.5 fm which is the radio station of the historical landmark Casa de la Raza on the east side of Santa Barbara. Um, where exactly are you calling us from right now? I am currently at uh, a place called Seaward Brewing in Ventura. Okay, nice. Is that downtown? Nope. It's actually, uh, if you, if you uh, know the area historically, it's a... Uh, industrial space right across from what used to be the alpine okay i know exactly where that's at. i went to a lot of shows at the alpine in the early 2000s i'm looking at what used to be the alpine right now actually oh man rest in peace to the alpine (laughs) yeah definitely i saw a lot of good shows there um well thank you so much for joining the show um you've been much requested Yeah, you've been much requested by people to have on, so I'm glad we... Uh, right on. Man, I had I had uh, Joe Rivas last week and you this week. I feel like I'm just super honored. I'm, I, I don't feel... I am super honored. <laughs> right on. Just a bunch of old dudes talking about. <laughs> that's right. That's the best, man. The most experience and the most wisdom, and that's that's my favorite thing to talk about. I don't know if there's much wisdom coming out <laughs> from my mouth, but uh, I guess I got some experience. <laughs> yep, for sure. Um, okay, so before we get started, I got two questions for you from Zach Nelson. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> the first question is, he said to ask you, why is there no bass on We Are One? <laughs> well, uh, I would say that's a hard one, man. Honestly... Maybe maybe I was so uh, fixated on on metal guitars. It just I didn't intentionally pull it and injustice for all on that record, but um, the guitars just had to prevail on that thing. That's my excuse. <laughs> That's a great record, man. I think Thank it you. I think it turned out just fine. 
Right on, right on. <laughs> um, okay, the second question from Zach was, what are your thoughts on the Angels Rally Monkey? Uh, it's it's probably the worst the worst thing that ever happened to Angels baseball. Um, I am a diehard Angels fan. I love baseball in general. Uh, I do love the Dodgers also. So that's a bit that gets a bit complicated if you talk to the season. Uh, but I grew up as an Angel fan, so um, long before the stupid rally monkey was ever a thing or angels in the outfield or whatever <laughs> ridiculous things that people can yeah. rightfully rightfully use to uh, talk trash about. Um, I don't know. Whatever. You know, it came, it came during the World Series uh, yeah. run, so it is what it is. It's super dated. I wish they would just find something new. I mean... They play bro him whenever anybody hits a home run. So why don't you just, you know, build off of that? I'd rather, I'd rather that be a thing than have to hear the disturbed song <laughs> every time the rally monkey comes on. It's just, it's just all bad, man. Yeah. Well, we could stop for a quick, we could stop for a quick second and talk baseball because I grew up in, I grew up in Corona, California, which right is on. not not far from Angel Stadium. So, in the, right you know. Yeah. I mean, I started going to Dodger Stadium, you know, in 1995, and Dodgers are my team. But I also love the Angels, and I was at Game One of that World Series that oh, year. Right on. Yeah, I got super lucky. Um, got to go with a friend, and um, that Rally Monkey was alive and well <laughs> during that time. I mean, that was the season the Rally Monkey was born, right? Yeah. So. It kind of worked that at that time, though, I, I feel like. You know, like maybe in the midst of like a heavy playoff run, it kind of works, but... I agree yeah, with you that it's cheesy. outdated. Yeah. Mike Trout does not deserve that. <laughs> he deserves better than that. He does, man. Yeah. Anything but the rally monkey, man. Yeah, and I feel for you as an Angels fan. You know, I, 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 I'm not like one of those Dodger fans that hates like every other team around. You know, <laughs> like I, I don't. Just I have, the Giants. Yeah, just the Giants. I have and the Padres. But uh, <laughs> for sure, for sure, I got no beef with the Angels, man. They're in the American League. You know what I mean? They're yeah, it's a different league, man. Like there, there will. I get that there's a rivalry. It's Southern California, whatever. But truly, until the two teams ever play a World Series against each other, it's just it's just kind of like nonsensical hatred, I guess. You know? Yep, I agree. Yeah, because I. I grew up on the – I'm a huge baseball fan, too. I won't go off on a rabbit hole, but I love baseball. It's the only sport that I really am tuned into. And I grew up on those awesome angel teams that were like David Eckstein, Darren Erstead, Jim Edmonds, oh, yeah. Adam Kennedy, yeah. Francisco Garrett Rodriguez, Anderson. Garrett Anderson, Tim Salmon. Yeah, those were, you know, Benji Molina – uh, yeah, man. Those were the teams. The good old man. days. Yeah. Jared <laughs> Weaver. Jared Weaver, I, man. So – so basically, I started to become a Dodger fan once the Angels started pulling off really terrible moves like trading Mike Napoli for Vernon Wells, um, <laughs> yep. uh, not re-signing Bartolo Colon, letting Vlad Guerrero go, um, you know, when some of my favorite Angels became Dodgers, like Howie Kendrick and Garrett Anderson, it was like, okay, there's something happening here in Angels land and it's all bad. Yeah, and uh, I, 
I feel for like for the most part it's been all bad except for you know uh, getting Trout and Otani has have been like you know the the, the beacons of light, but yeah, they're slowly bringing things back together and it's slowly improving. But obviously the pitching staff is that's just you know until the pitching staff can be something that can truly. Uh, compete on a major league level we're just kind of screwed man <laughs> <laughs> yeah well my heart goes out to you and, and the angels and i hope to see a playoff i hope to, i hope to see a playoff run soon i i wouldn't mind seeing that um he does man okay. yeah i agree um, so hopefully hopefully for him that, that happens in his within his angels career i, I honestly it, it would be a miracle if they got into the season this year they just can't hold it together like every time they get over 500 they just go on a losing streak <laughs> so it is what it is yeah baseball baseball that's right um okay one more surprise question from joe rivas um <laughs> He, he wants to know, or I don't know if this is necessarily a question, but he, or I guess it is. He says, why haven't you taken responsibility for the broken headphones during the recording <laughs> of the In Control demo at Ghost Chamber? All right, dude, let's do it right now. Right now, it's 4-39, July 22nd, 2021. It's my fault that that ever happened at the ghost chamber when we were recording the in control demo in what whatever year that was 99 um yeah i still i can still remember it to this day it, like there's only so many headphones to go around when you're doing gang vocals and usually what yeah. you do is you just kind of like pull them apart not break them but you know like widen them so everybody can kind of hear the speakers blasting uh, through the headphones. And I believe it was my fault. I was holding uh, a pair of headphones and pulling them apart, and they were not the kind of headphones that, that uh, would go back to their normal shape. <laughs> so, my bad. My bad. That's probably what made In Control the wonderful band that it was, though, you know, and somehow, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> if I could go back in time, I would retract that demo. Um, it's been a long, long, long standing fact that the demo doesn't have enough distortion on it. Um, maybe, maybe it's due to, at that time, uh, that's right around when, when No Motive started making music that was... Uh, a little more, um, I don't know, a little more melodic, so to speak, and a little less aggressive. And I think maybe, I don't know, I was kind of running off of those vibes. And for whatever reason, uh, the tones that we got for the IC demo just weren't as big and aggressive as they should have been. So, hey, man. These are the things that we experience when we're kids so that we get to the point where we are now and we can we can make the records that sound the way we want them to sound as adults. <laughs> That's right. There you go. Um, well, yeah, thanks so much. Thanks so much again for joining the show. Um, for sure. So...
I know that you've got like your hands on a lot of projects and you're doing, you're doing, you know, you're always working on a lot of stuff. Um, I know that ill communication has a new LP coming out. Um, yes, sir. yeah. And if you don't, uh, if you want to just say like what you do in ill communication and anything you can and, and want to say about the LP that's coming out. Yep. Um, I play guitar in ill communication. Uh, Andy Francier, Andy Diehard is a singer. Uh, Joe Martin, my bandmate and uh, brother in the Warriors, plays bass. Matt Battaglia from a band called Rope and Hell Here plays the other guitar. And Chris Cribb, uh, formerly of With or Without You, plays drums. Uh, most of those, all those dudes now live in Tehachapi, so I am the lone dude that uh, <laughs> is from out of town. Um, but yeah, we we just we just recently got done mastering our LP, which will be coming out someday in the future on Safe Inside Records. Oh, nice! Uh, yeah, um, really, really, really looking forward to to that record coming out whenever it does come out. Um, those are you know. Until we have the artwork finished, which is going to be done by Tony Phillips. Uh, we're kind of in limbo, just kind of waiting it out until the package is, is sent to, to Bert, and then we'll, we'll go from there, try to figure out when to put it out. Hopefully, um, I don't know, maybe the, the middle of next year. You know how it goes with vinyl. It's yeah, like, especially right now. It's like an eight-month waiting period <laughs> or something like that. So yeah. at, at best, I would imagine, I don't know, a year from now. That's just kind of how it goes, unfortunately. <laughs> no, it'll, it is what it is. It'll be worth the wait, man. I just want to say real quick, I love Ill Communication. I did an interview with, with Andy last fall. Um, yeah, I heard that. That was awesome. Yeah, thanks. I picked up, um, I picked up the, laser, the, laser printed, uh, the laser printed vinyl with half of um, Old to the Old Gods and half of Death Threats, like, on the on the top of the on the top of the vinyl which is so sick now i can listen yeah. to, now i can listen to both of those eps all the way through without having to change anything which is so awesome um, shout out another city yeah yeah cheers to them that was that's super awesome i'm super stoked with how that came out it, all of anything having to do with ill communications is just truly a blessing i mean um like like Andy said, when you guys talked a month ago, um, we we just started that thing out of friendship and wanted to do something for fun. And honestly, I I just wanted to make a recording when we made the demo. Like I just wanted to make a recording so that Andy could have something to sing on because he's a great dude, uh, awesome hardcore singer, and I really. I did not expect for ill communication to to go on the journey that that it that we've gone on already, and I'm very thankful for for another city and safe inside to to be down for us and, and do what they're doing. So it's been it's been sweet, man. For sure, man. Yeah, ill communication like already has like an like just like such an epic sound. You know what I mean? It's just like every song is just is just so like just such a 
is just like a punch in the face, like in a good way, though. <laughs> um, right on, right on. Will, will we get some? Um, you don't have to answer this because I know it might be top secret. Will we get some more? <laughs> get, will we get some more guest vocals on the LP? Uh, I think it's safe to say that we're not going to stop including our friends. Okay, cool. Any 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 chance that we get to include them, we're going to do it. So um, definitely. Yes. Sold. Yes in bold. <laughs> awesome. Looking forward to it. Um, I also know uh, there's a new foreign, if you want to talk about the new foreign pain. Um, Most definitely. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so that's a band that, that uh, <laughs> we spent, we spent a long period of time recording that record. Um, and it, if we were to if we were to add up the amount of time that we actually spent recording it, I'd, it'd probably be somewhere between two and four months. But with life and um, me playing in too many bands and, and being a, an engineer and all that stuff, things just kind of went really slow. And then on top of that, um, Doyle, the singer of Fort Payne, who runs Overcast merch in Long Beach. And uh, that's a full-time job. Yeah. Pretty much everybody has, like, full-time jobs in that band. Um, and so we kind of just, whenever we could get together, we got together. Um, most definitely there was a wrench put into the recording process because um, the year that we started recording it, I think, or the year after we started recording it, I decided that I wanted to take a, uh, a coding boot camp to do like web design and, and that sort of stuff. And so that kind of put a damper on the recording process. And then after that, maybe a couple months after that, I started working on uh, the last Warriors record. So there was a lot of obstacles, unfortunately, that Foreign Paint had to go through in order to get the, the record finished. But at the end of the day, we're, we're super, super stoked on how it came out. Um, I co-produced it with the band, and then Bo Burchell from Seosin mixed it and mastered nice. it, and uh, I believe it's coming out at the beginning of, of September, so I'm super excited for that to finally come out, because we spent a long time recording it, a lot, a lot of heart went into the to the writing and recording of that record. Um, Doyle, Doyle is such a great lyricist, amazing singer. Aaron Brooks is by far one of the GOAT songwriters of the genre. I mean, hardcore, metalcore. Uh, Aaron Brooks, uh, formerly of, of the Ghost Inside. So anybody who's been a big fan of the Ghost Inside, be sure to check out Foreign Pain because it's got Aaron written all over it. Um, and then uh, the band's rounded out by... Uh, Sean, Daryl, and Cena, um, all of those dudes, just awesome dudes. For sure, man. Yeah, looking forward to it. Looking forward to both those records. Um, so we're in Santa Barbara right now. The radio station is in Santa Barbara. Um, I know you've played tons of shows as a musician. I'm just wondering if you have any memories of any shows <laughs> up in this area, Santa Barbara, Galita, maybe even here, Casa de la Raza? Yeah, most stuff, dude, for sure. Um, 
So, uh, my first band, by all means, we, we were uh, to mid-90s, high school punk band, kids, straight up kids. I don't even think I had a driver's license. <laughs> we, recorded, we recorded, whatever we recorded, we recorded at the living room in Goleta. Nice. Um, so that, that's one thing. Obviously, the living room, as said by, by dudes, for sure, like, it was the place to play. It was the place to record. Um, Zach and I played in Voice of the Clients. That's where we recorded uh, the first 7-inch. Played shows. Uh, no Motive, before I was in the band, recorded at the living room. So that, that place has large historical meaning to, to us. All of the living rooms, because it was in multiple places. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, so there's Isla Vista... And this probably doesn't get spoken about too much, but I don't even, I don't remember because it's so long ago, but there was a frat out there that existed in, in IV that used to have uh, punk shows. They would bring in a full-on stage, sound, all that stuff. And they would have, I don't know if they were private parties or if they were open to the public. Most likely they were like private to, to the uh, frats, but... You know how college life is. If you could yeah. get into it, if you could get into the, the the backyard or whatever that was that we played in, you're in. Um, but No Motive uh, had the opportunity to play there twice in IV for this frat. One time we played there with Strong Out, and another time we played there with Unwritten Law. I think it was Unwritten Law. Nice. Um, and those were <laughs> those were hilarious times. Um, <laughs> That was, the, that was the first time I ever saw Rockstar, the energy drink. It was before it became like a big thing. It was like yeah, this, yeah. This, this weird like Red Bull kind of thing. And of course they mix it with vodka. And yeah. that was my first time ever having like an energy drink, vodka drink. And man, you know how like bouncing off the walls. Yep. No pun intended. Good old Jaeger bomb. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, those were kind of memorable parties. Um, and then there was a Yucatan uh, motor play there with, uh, man, I can't remember anymore, but uh, so many shows happened in Santa Barbara between yeah. IV. Um, I never got the chance to play the Pickle Patch. I saw Battery in Tenure Five there. Um, most of my memories came from the living room. Um, with and then, of course, yeah, Casa, Casa de la Raza. Um, I was just talking to the Veda dudes, who are also basically Retaliate. Um, Retaliate's played there a few times, and I wasn't always a member of Retaliate, but I'm pretty sure I played at least one show at Casa de la Raza, um, which was awesome, as well as um, a band that I had around uh, 2000. Six, two thousand seven, called Machines, with uh, Aaron Belcher from Stand Your Ground, uh, Danny and Donnie Phillips from The Warriors, and then Steve Choi from RX Bandits. Uh, nice. We we had a band, and I know Machines played there one time, so I know the spot and I know the history, and that's really awesome. Yeah, right on. Thanks for thanks for sharing all those. Uh, yeah, the living room, the pickle patch, and. Uh, <laughs> Those, you know, all of those spots are are.
places that people often reference when talking about shows here, you know, over the years. Um, yep. So I grew up in Corona, like I said. I grew up like a 10-minute skate away from the Showcase Theater in, oh, yeah. in Corona. Yeah, so I was like so <laughs> – I was so, so lucky, man. Like, you know, as a 14-year-old kid just skating over to Showcase on the weeknights – um, for sure. I mean, I, I just looking back on it now, I just feel like so I was just so lucky, you know, I was so yeah. I'm so grateful for that. And the Warriors were a big deal, man, at my high school in Corona, because because you guys played <laughs> showcase uh, quite a bit, if I can remember. Um, and yeah, everyone, the Warriors were a big deal in Corona. And I think a huge part of that was just the, the wild show, at least one wild show. I remember you guys played at uh do you, do you remember what year it was i think it was oh five i okay it was either oh five um, or oh six right you know um did did parkway drive play that show i can't remember possibly i yeah i don't think you guys headlined um okay okay but you did headline at another at a, a i think a few times but but yeah i just wanted to ask you like if you if you have memories of playing showcase yeah, yeah. Um, man. Well, I live in Irvine, so oh, nice. that's like 20, 30 minutes from from Corona, depending on traffic. I mean, it could be 20 minutes. It could be an hour. <laughs> yep, the good old 91. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, so I, I moved to Irvine to live with my brother in 1997. So I was lucky enough to to have the opportunity to see bands like Strife and and uh, Death by Stereo Island ignite during that time period uh, of the showcase and so um, that has always been in my memory and I'm thankful for those experiences um, but No Motive played a show uh, both both No Motive and the Warriors were bands long before I ever joined either of them okay and so. Um, I know, I, obviously, both bands played shows at that venue before I ever was in the bands. Um, but I do remember playing at least one show uh, with both of the bands. And, uh, I mean, like everybody knows, it's, it's got so much history. It's <laughs> yeah. the, the, everybody that goes to the shows is just ready to throw down. <laughs> and... Um, it's always a great time, you know. Yeah, for um, sure. That's why there's such. That's why it's such a sacred venue to people with rich with history. Um, but I think the last time, or maybe the only time I played with the Warriors there was, um, I believe it was Parkway Drive's first U.S. tour they ever had, and at that point they were they were not a known band here in the U.S. So they were opening. I couldn't tell you if 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 it was our headlining show, or if it wasn't that tour. It could have been with Comeback Kid, maybe, but I don't think that Comeback Kid came here because I played a couple. Of, I played two tours with the Warriors, but I was just a fill-in drummer for Donnie because he was still technically the drummer at that time. Um, I didn't join the band until. Um, uh, I guess 2000. I just I've I've played different roles. <laughs> yeah, like I've I've produced and engineered all but one record, 
um, the one record being Genuine Sense of Outrage, the first record for Victory. Cameron Webb produced that record. But I ended up playing bass on that record, and then I did uh, a tour to support that record in um, Australia and Europe with, with Parkway and Comeback Kid. And so um, I wasn't an official member until I think 2010 when we made See How You Are. And then that's when I, like, I guess became a drummer. But, <laughs> but to me, the Warriors is just kind of like this big family revolving door of, of homies that um, kind of make it happen however it needs to be. Like, if I, if I can't play a show, but the band really wants to play a show, then we'll get Matt from Retaliate and Vendetta, who is also a drummer at the Warriors, to play the drums. So there's always people to kind of fill in the blanks if necessary. Um, and that's how, it, that's how it goes with that band, you know? Yeah, that's what's up. I've, I've definitely got that feel from uh, just talking to Andy about it. And um, I was able to do... Uh, go on Andy's like uh, record review YouTube show and I did we did Ilcoms Ilcoms <laughs> yeah Ilcoms out of Tehachapi and we talked about uh, Monomyth on there um, oh cool cool yeah which was which was really cool um, but yeah thanks thanks for sharing all that stuff um, okay I'm gonna ask you a question and you don't need to make it like a like a favorite question but maybe just <laughs> like a because you know like looking at at you know your life in music and what you've done it's it's just like so you know so accomplishing and, and respectable and just everything that you've done you know um, and so I'm in, it's, I kind of interested to know like if, with all the things you've done you know what has been you know and it could be a couple a couple records or a couple bands but what are just some of the the bands or band or record or records that really have stood out to you um, that you've worked on and been a part of? It's <laughs> a tough one. Uh, well, the first, the first really, really big one for me, I think, would be No Motives by Breaking, uh, the last record that we made for Vagrant. Because at that point, we had made two records for the label. Um, and, and the label had put a lot of trust in us and believed in us and in whatever we wanted to do. And so they kind of just gave us the keys to the car and said, hey, if you want to make a record just, and you know what you want, go, go do it. So we just rented out the studio that we had made um, our first two records at and made it home and made that whole record by ourselves. Nice. And so, so that was kind of like this huge accomplishment for, for all of us to, you know, not have somebody like Trevor Keith, yeah, and, and kind of like calling the shots and you know walking us through the journey from making a record. We we put it on on ourselves. So um, that's a big one for sure. That's um, awesome. Yeah, I'd also say. Um, I mean, it's hard, dude. I'm a really, I'm an extremely <laughs> sentimental person, so yeah. making every record to me is is it means a lot. <laughs> it really does. So it's yeah, it's hard for me to pull pull them and like pick one over the other. But um, making Monomyth, the last Warriors record, was was really really fun. Yeah, um, we just wanted to to go as far as we could in the on creativity and uh, I've, I've 
I've said this to Joe plenty of times, the, the bass player of the Warriors and of communication. Like, whenever we make a record, we're just on this magic carpet ride. We don't know where <laughs> we're gonna go, but we're just we're just on the journey, you know? Yeah. And I had this, I had a, a vision of where I wanted Mono Mid to go, um, and I knew it would it would challenge us. It would challenge the listener. <laughs> Alienate listening, maybe even. Um, but you know, it's to me making music as a now forty-one-year-old. I had to be challenged. I don't have any desire to make music that has been done a million times over, or that like the band has done over and over. Like no diss on Pennywise. All respect to Pennywise, <laughs> but like, you know what a Pennywise record's going to sound like. Yep. It's not <laughs> going to sound anything other than what Pennywise sounds like. So that's not what I'm going for for, for any band that I play in. And uh, that's, that's kind of why Monument means so much to me is because um, I feel like that's our version of <laughs> Dark Side of the Moon. Um, that's what's up right and we, there <laughs> and we pulled it off and i'm stoked on it and of course there's people that are super bummed on how it came out uh there's people that love it and if you if you hate it go listen to war as hell there's all kinds <laughs> of other records you could go listen to but yep. you don't need another version of war as hell yeah. just listen to that one <laughs> you know what sure. I mean? like keep keep progressing that's why i love bands like Snapcase on the playlist, you know, yeah. it's like there is not one Snapcase record that sounds like another, and that's what's up for sure, man. Yeah, I, I definitely, you know, it's cool to hear you talk about uh, Monomyth, um, because you know, I, I listened to it heavily for a few weeks, and then Andy and oh, right on, yeah, and then uh, Andy and, and Ryan and I were able to talk about it on, on their show, and um. It is. It, it does feel like a journey. I think I even said that when we talked about it on the show, like from beginning to end, it takes you to all different places and there's a lot of surprises, um, you know, and then Andy kind of filled me in about, you know, the voicemail recording on there, which I which without even knowing like the background on that or the situation, I could it's feel I could feel just through listening to it that it was very meaningful and like it was on the record in a place where you stop and you're like, OK, this is. You know what I mean? This is supposed to be here, and this means a lot to them. Um, I think it's that's yeah. That's that's what I, I'd say of all things Warriors related. We're a very sentimental bunch, and I think the most probably the thing that means the most to us, aside from the music itself, is Monomyth is a record that we tried to include as many of our homies as we could. Yeah. That were part of the journey. I mean, as many of the as as many of the former members of the band as we could get, they're on the record. That's like doing some, whether it's whacking some drums at the beginning <laughs> of a song, or doing gang vocals, or doing guest vocals. Every like it was a full family affair. I mean, 
if you look at the track listing, it looks like a Wu-Tang Clan album, you know, like <laughs> featuring sure, blah, 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 yeah. almost every song, you know, so. Yeah, I was on, I was um, on Google, like searching all those names because I knew some of them, but I like didn't know all of them. So I was like, searching, <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, sick, sick, sick. Like all these, all these just, yeah, it's just great all the way around. And definitely like the talking about progressing and, and not trying to make something that sounds like something else. I feel like you guys really captured that with the ill communication EPs too, you know, like, like, yeah, those have a hardcore sound, but they're not they're It's different though. You know, like it's, it's very, it is very different, but also has the traditional, you know, hardcore sound to it. It's cause it's cause we're all a bunch of old ass dudes <laughs> and we all love hardcore very much, but we all love all kinds of music. And our influences are so varying, so wide, that you can't help but have all of these things kind of come into play, you know? And so that's why that's why L Communication and, and Warriors kind of go off on tangents because we can't help it. It's just yeah. it's just in our blood. Same with no motive. I mean, we've been a very schizophrenic band. If you listen to a record, you're like, Where are we going? You got some songs that are got clean guitar acoustic guitar whispering and then you got <laughs> metal riffs you know yeah we can't make up our mind and we don't want to make up our mind we want we want to have our cake and eat it too musically so yep that's just that's just what ends up happening and um i think only with with a band like retaliate can we kind of like hone in on on like the the goal and and keep it a little more um a little more tight a little more locked in you know yeah zach plays a huge part in making sure that his retaliate record sounds like a retaliate record i mean if i maybe if i had like if if he didn't rein it in a little bit we'd, we'd probably get a little too weird so <laughs> <laughs> yeah man retaliate just comes in and drops the hammer every time uh the retaliate four was freaking amazing um right on, can't right wait on. to can't wait to hear some of those songs live um uh, someday dude someday yeah dude. no it'll happen there's there's so <laughs> many freaking shows happening i'm you know retaliate will happen um for sure so in talking about hardcore, um, we, and you can, we could just talk briefly about this. Uh, you know, you've been around hardcore for a long time. Um, and just kind of wanted to ask you what's your thoughts on like the current state of hardcore, um, are right now. Cause I feel like the there's a lot of, cool the hardcore is wild. Yeah. How, like, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm not that in the show goer. To be honest, I go mainly to the shows that I have to play. I feel like I, I contribute more in the studio, um, enabling bands to, to put out music or putting out music with my own bands. But I try to, pre-COVID, of course, I try to go to, to whatever shows I could. But um, I feel like I'm a little disconnected from the, the craziness that's happening right now, right now. Like, obviously, there's the, there's like the gigantic San Jose Gulch Zabalba show, the Dead Heat show. Like I would love to be part of those those experiences. I'm sure they were really ridiculous, <laughs> but uh, I had to watch it from afar on the internet because I I'm, I 
kind of live with my parents and help care for them, and they've they got health issues. So I've, I've been kind of hiding as much as I can from the general population. But musically, oh, man, it's wild. It's wild. I mean, the new Dead Heat record, uh, that's, that's, some, that's some heavy stuff, you know? Um, everything sure. happening in Oxnard, I'm drawing a blank on Vince's newer band, uh, Cosmic something. I know, I know the cover of the record is Aqua and it's Cosmic, but I can't remember the second <laughs> word. <laughs> like, like that, that band's cool too. I mean, yeah. Omega Point, Out of Trust, everything that's happening in the area. Um, we've we said it a year ago, and it's still happening right now. Nardcore is alive and fruitful. So, yep. I'm super pumped on what's happening locally. Like we can't stop, won't stop. You know what I mean? That's right. But, um, uh, you know, hardcore in general, tuning, everything, discourage all the homies. Everybody's staying active, and that's all you can ask for. You know? Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. Shout, I mean, shout out to tuning and Matt and Jeremy and discourage and Eric and those great bands. When I when I found out that, that Todd was helping write the new terror record, I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah, we're we're gonna have a good time. For sure, man. <laughs> um yeah, thank you. Thanks for thanks for sharing that. Um so if you wanna uh I kinda gotta be weary of time here. We got about for sure. twenty minutes. Um okay. I really wanna I really wanna talk to you about like music production, um and kinda just like what inspired you or motivated you to get into music production? Because not everybody gets involved in hardcore and plays in bands, you know, and then goes on to do what, what you've done and what you're currently doing, um, which obviously has transformed a lot probably from when you started to where you're at now. So if you want to just kind of talk. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure, man. You're, you're a goat for sure. Um, if you want to just uh, kind of talk about that, like what inspired you to, to get into to producing and, and, you know, how did that start and progress to where you're at now? Um, well, I'm, I'm very, very blessed to have um, my older brother, my older brother, Raymond. Um, he's, he's eight years older than me. So he, he had the upper hand on all things music uh, related. And on top of that, my parents loved uh, music. So I, I grew up with a turntable in front of my face, you know, my whole life. And nice. so um, whether it was Engelbert Humperdinck or Paul Anka Records or Beatles, um, <laughs> there was some sort of sound emanating from the speakers from an early age. And then... Um, when my brother, when I was at an age that I could understand that my brother was into music, that was during, that was during the time when, when bands like, um, the Pixies and the Pesh Mode were, were really, really big for him, as well as like Joy Division. And so from a very early age, I was exposed to a lot of cool music. I heard Bad Brains when I was, like, I don't know, second grade or something like that. Nice. And so having having this wide range of musical creativity kind of thrown in into my eardrums, it, it really had 
set me on the chorus at an early age. And then on top of that, my brother is also a musician um, and a multi-instrumentalist. And so I just kind of grew up with, with musical equipment around our house. My parents had me taking piano lessons since, like, I don't know, first grade to second grade. So I kind of was hit with the musical discipline to a certain extent from from a very early age. And so all of it kind of stuck with me. I mean, I I did enjoy the piano, but as soon as there was a drum set at my house, it just kind of, like, it opened up a whole other, like, avenue of opportunity to make sounds. And then um, Ray also had musical recording equipment we had he had like a real real machine we had a tape deck that had microphone inputs and so we basically tinkered around recording stuff way 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 back in the day and you know i i never got over it it was always the focal point of my youth and (laughs) fast forward and I'm 41, and I still love it as much as I did when I was a little kid. So, of course, the advancements of all of that stuff is, you know, light years from when I was five to where I am now at 41. So, uh, being on that journey has been very, very amazing and mind-blowing. And... Um, I really couldn't ever have been in this position without without my brother or uh, my cousin Roger, who's, who's also a musician, who's, who's maybe five years older than my brother. And, um, you know, literally, I was just surrounded by music since I was a little kid. So it was kind of like, you can't give it up. It's in your blood. It's in your heart. It's in your soul. It's It's who I am. So, you know. That's just kind of that's just kind of how it is. Like I've kind of failed in the in all things non musical related. <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes to music, I I guess I'm doing doing okay, you know. So yeah, you know, I'm thankful for all that sort of stuff. But yeah, the journey started at a very very early age, and obviously it hasn't slowed down. So. For sure, man. Yeah, I mean, when you're when you're when you're dialed into something and connected to something when you're that young, and you don't want to stop when you're that young, then you know it's it's probably going to be something, you know, it lets you intuitively are good at it and and just want to remain doing. Um, what? I don't ever stop, man. I don't. <laughs> I just, it's I did, like there was a period there where I felt like I needed to do some grown stuff. I went on that coding boot camp, but, you know, I could have gotten a job and working in tech, and it just, I don't know, something in me said, it's good to have that knowledge. It's something to fall back on, but you're you're on to something, so just keep following it, you know. Um, on top of that, I, I just been, it's good to be challenged by your, your friends, by your peers, you know, like, um, I, I spent over a decade uh, working with a band called RX Bandits being their front of house engineer, their tech and, and they're like some of the most people I've ever known in my life and 
to be surrounded by dudes like that for a decade, they will put them even trying to do it. Like in earnest, just being around them pushes you to to like be better, to to progress. And so to have those dudes around, and then of course I play in I played in machines with Troy, the guitar player, um, keyboardist of all experiments. We also play in a band called Peaced Out. And so when you have your peers constantly pushing you to to be better, to challenge yourselves, it kind of, you know, it just rubs off on you and, and you can't let go of that sort of thing. You can't be stagnant. You can't just get comfortable in your own thing. You just, you just got to keep, you know, seeing what you could do that would be different yeah for sure man um okay this is gonna be kind of like an intense question to answer <laughs> not in, <laughs> not intense but just like i don't know it, it would probably take a whole nother hour but a lot of times on this show um i've done it with like creating a tape like a demo tape i've done it with zines um i did i interviewed uh bert to last from safe inside and kind of just got the behind the scenes look at like how to run a record label. Um, I kind of just want to ask like if you could just kind of like a general outline of what goes into producing or, (laughs) or, or creating a record. So is it just like the, you know, like the band hits you up and they're like, yo, we got all these songs done. You know, we want to come into the studio and, and, and record it. Um, do they write in the studio? I'm sure that's different for every band. And then once they get in there, is it like, you know, as far as your job, like what exactly, you know, are you, are you doing when it comes to like drums, guitar, bass, vocals, you know? Um, it really varies from band to band. There's bands that totally have everything together. They, they show up at the studio and they're like, What's up? We got 10 songs. Here's how they go. Let's record the drums, let's record the guitar, let's record bass, vocals. We're done. Sometimes it's like that. Sometimes sometimes people show up with an idea. And it, it really depends. I mean, I guess depending on the relationship that Dan has with me and, and like the history that we have, because, like, you know, I've, I've played in a lot of bands in the area. And a lot of band members have been in the same bands. So depending on the situation, we just kind of play it as it lies. Like when it comes to Retaliate, um, me and when Andy was in the band, we would just kind of like throw, throw riffs into a voice memo, share them with the band, see what people are feeling. Um, and then go from there, start doing some live demos, start doing some a little more kind of deeper demos, um, and then you make a record. But then sometimes, like in the Warriors, we'll, we won't have a demo. And we'll just write a song, and we'll be like, all right, well, there it is. That's the song. There is no demo. That's the recording. Um, but it really is. It it. it it depends on the band. It depends on the musicians and what they want. Um, but I guess from a basic standpoint, either you demo or you don't demo. You come to the studio with whatever you have, whether it's the entire record pre-recorded, but you just need to record it better. 
or really bad demos that you need to improve on or literally an idea and you'd want to turn it into a song. And then depending on who's playing what, if you got a full band or you need people to kind of fill in the blanks, you just kind of go from there and, and fill in however it needs to go, whatever the order of operations it may be. Um, you've, you've obviously um, talked to Zach and you've talked to Andy and um, the order of operations really depends on the situation. Like Zach recorded the vocals to four before we even recorded before I recorded the, the guitars or the bass to the record, he recorded some scratch oh, cool. guitars. So it's like, you know, depending on like what, how you record the record, um, how you write the record, that'll dictate how how the record goes. Um, and then of course you could be in the studio and you could tweak things a million times. Uh, like Foreign Pain, they wrote they wrote a recorded all the music pretty for the most part seamlessly. Of course, there were songs that they wanted to tweak. We kind of tweaked the arrangement of the songs. Song lyrics were rewritten in the studio or outside of the studio. Things are so different now in this era compared to, you know... Uh, the ghost chamber? 20, 20, <laughs> yeah. The ghost chamber or when... Um, like, that's an era, the ghost chamber... And then after that, Armand from Night Demon and I, we both had our studios on, like, mine was on top of his, down the street from, down the street from here, like, walking distance at the Hunter Studios. Um, like, uh, I made the Warriors, uh, uh, Warriors Hell at that studio. We literally were making records in rehearsal spaces. Um, the journey is, like I said, it's long, man. Yeah. And um the, like with technology so many things are possible now like i remember i remember when todd was writing one for the underdogs one with the underdogs sorry yeah um he wrote the whole thing on on garage band great to like to like um to uh to like sequence mini drums you know and like that's how people do stuff and then like um little little like information blur. we're recording a new vendetta record right now that's what i'm doing here in ventura okay and um uh andy and charlie wrote wrote the whole new vendetta record on their own but then they started doing demos at danny their bass player's house and at matt matt's house the drummer of retaliate and and vendetta and they, they sent all that stuff to me, and they're like, we just want it packaged in a way that Verity can write lyrics to. So they sent me all this stuff, and I have an electronic drum set at my house and, like, a whole, like, kind of simple recording setup. And so instead of the band coming over to demo everything, and since I've literally played in bands with all of them, <laughs> like, <laughs> they just kind of entrusted me with making the album demo the official album demos and i just did it in my studio at my house and matt tracked his drums to my scratch guitar from the demos and and uh kind of went from there so it's it's an ever-evolving process <laughs> making records these days 
I know I went off on like a million tangents. No, dude, that that's perfect. Like a, exactly kind of what I was just kind of poking at, you know, like <laughs> just to hear about like what you just explained. Um, it's so cool. And then the one with the underdogs thing too, that's, I would have never, I would have never guessed that, you know, that's, that's really, that's a really cool, like little tidbit to know. Um, so yeah, he would just, Todd would just set a BPM that he would want to write a song at and he would have like the hardcore beat. <laughs> yep <laughs> and just and just write rips to it and like yeah. that's basically how we all do for a long time until the next stage of musical recording evolved you know that's that's just how it goes yeah that's super cool man thanks for sharing that um okay i do want to touch on bright light uh before we finish but i just want i had one question randomly that came up when it comes to recording, which instrument or is it vocals that cause the most issues? <laughs> or, or take which instrument or is it the vocals that take the longest to do or is the most hassle or, um, yeah. Well, that's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free to pass. It's okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, when it comes to retaliate, and Zach can attest to this, you can record an entire record in three hours or less. <laughs> you can record vocals for an entire record in a day, or you could spend months doing it, depending on what it is that you're going for. Um, same with literally anything when you're making a record. Like the way I, I traditionally make records, um, I traditionally make records recording to a click track and like a scratch guitar. And so when it comes to bands like the ones that I play in, um, we'll do that. We'll play to it. We'll play a click track and then I'll go and I'll edit drums. So that could be like a three week long affair when it's all said and done. Recording the drums, editing the drums, putting drum samples, all that sort of stuff. So in my, in my mind, you live and die by the drums. If the <laughs> drums aren't badass, then like you have some problems, you yep. know? Yeah. Um, and so as long as your foundation is really great, then everything else will follow suit. But not every record is made that way. Like some, like for Peaced Out, um, our drummer Casey, he's, I do not edit his drums. <laughs> he's such an amazing drummer. I will not touch his drums. So if it takes him one take to do drums, 20 takes, 40 takes, whatever it takes, we'll get it the way he wants it. But there will be no doctor in his drums. So everything, I would say when it comes to guitars and bass, you're either good or you're terrible. <laughs> um, we either keep the rigs simple or we use like 20 rigs to make the record, like whatever it takes. But traditionally, um, I would say drums and vocals probably take the longest. For sure. Yeah, thanks for breaking that down. So there you go for all the drummers listening. Pressure's on, man. <laughs> uh, if you can't play the click track, you might not want to record <laughs> with me. Um, I'm down with before I let you go, I just want to uh, finish by just, you know, so you obviously have Bright Light Studios going. Um, just, you know. I, ha I haven't been there in a year and a half, but yeah. <laughs> okay, where is it located at? Um, we've been in downtown Santa Ana for uh, a couple years now. I I don't really run the place anymore. Um, I've been at my house because of COVID. But uh, my good friend, 
Broly Ulug, uh, he's he's the man at Bright Lights. And uh, Roly's Roly's amazing. He plays in a band called Teeth. Um, he's he's recorded lots of stuff that people have enjoyed, like the new Rotting Out record. Oh, nice! Um, Skullcrack. Uh, nice. He's a busy man. He's, he knows what's up. Seizures. Yeah, Roly's the man when it comes to to aggressive music in Orange County. <laughs> um, we were in another place for like twelve years together, um, a warehouse that. That was that I acquired from Dan Smith, and uh, that place was home for a long, long time. But unfortunately, due to um, a dispensary taking over the entire unit, the entire complex, we kind of got driven out of there. And so oh, that's we're nice. now in a basement in a rehearsal space in Dan. So that's that. That's what's up, man. Well, congratulations on you know just all of your accomplishments and, and everything you're a part of and everything that you're working on Cheers. that, yeah, working on, that's going to be coming out. Um, unfortunately we're out of time. The time flew by. Uh, <laughs> it's, all good, it's all good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, no doubt, man. Uh, so we've been live on the radio in uh, Santa Barbara, KZAA 96.5 FM. This uh, interview will be available on Spotify and most streaming platforms with uh, your playlist on the back end of it so um yeah well you have a, a wonderful rest of your thursday take care and uh we will meet in person i'm sure at some point Someday. in the near future yeah dude <laughs> all right still, and i appreciate it okay roger peace out Yo, what up to everybody listening on Spotify? If you're listening on Spotify, you will have just heard an interview with Roger Camaro. Um, here is a playlist that he put together featuring Intro and Another Year from In Control, I from Bad Brains, Wave of Mutilation from the Pixies, Shadow Play from Joy Division, Harrison Bergeron from Snapcase, Feel Nothing from Hell, and Facet Squared from Fugazi.
Yeah.